Welcome back, everybody. Don't forget to go on Apple and give a five-star review or anywhere else that you follow the podcast and subscribe so you can get all the latest updates and you can help the show grow and be more visible to other listeners. Thank you so much. Today we're going to have a lot of fun. We have Chopon Corey joining the show for an awesome interview. He has such great insight and he has a really touching story to go along with it. So I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. Let's get started. So if you guys do not know who this is, this is Chop On Corey from Twitter. He is a huge influencer in the Braves Twitter community. He has a ton of followers, and it's not just because he's one of those people that look for followers. It's because he has genuinely good content that is good to follow, and he is a, a valued member of the Braves community. If you have not followed Chop On Corey on Twitter, I highly suggest you look him up at chop on Corey. He has great content. He's a great guy. And I really suggest that you get in contact with him on Twitter or whatever and just interact with him. He He's very interactive and he's just a fun member of the Braves community. And I wanted to bring him on the show. He's also a co-host of his very own podcast. I'll let him describe that podcast to you, but make sure you check it out. Without further ado, We're going to take a break, and we're going to jump right into the interview. Before we move on, I want to talk to you about a product that I am excited about. Fresh Prints of South Walton offers t-shirt printing services to businesses, sports teams, churches, charities, and many other clients locally and nationwide. I know for me personally, I'm not just pitching this because someone told me to. I use this service and this company does a great job. They made shirts for myself and my family and I still wear them to this day. They're located in South Walton County of Florida, but they offer free delivery service to local clients so they can focus on their business and not be out running errands, but they also will ship nationwide. Fresh Prints is devoted to offering high quality affordable screen printing services from small orders to large contract jobs. Keep your team looking fresh with Fresh Prints at www.freshprintsofsouthwalton.com. All right, thanks so much, Corey, for joining the show. I'm really excited about having you. I swear you've got one of the biggest Braves uh, Twitter accounts online. You're such a huge Braves Twitter influencer. Every time I'm on Twitter, I'm always seeing stuff from you. So uh, bring great content and it's a lot of fun. So I appreciate you taking time to do that for, for a Braves Twitter. It's a lot of fun. Thanks for joining. Well, I appreciate it, man. I'm, I'm going to have to find a bigger headset because my head's going to explode. Uh, no, I, I appreciate the kind words, man. And honestly, it's really, uh, you know, it started out just as kind of casually keeping up with 
you know, what people are saying about the Braves. And um, about a year and a half ago, my dad was uh, diagnosed with cancer and it really became more of community for me. It really came, became more of like a way for me to kind of get away from life and just kind of, so I, I got a lot more involved in the past, you know, year and a half, two years. And um, honestly, it's, it's, it's really become a community for me. Uh, I mean, it, it's obviously, you know, there's a lot of foolishness. I post a lot of, you know, trolls and stuff like that. That's just for, for funds. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's some really awesome people and, and you're one of them and you know, as good as I do, there's some really awesome people out there and we've kind of, you know, we've become a family on Braves Twitter. Um, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of great people we've met along the way. And uh, so, yeah, honored to be be a part of it. I think we've got one of the best fan bases out there. I think so too. And I've, I've actually noticed that, uh, you know, when twi- Twitter itself, I feel like it's more one of the more, I guess you could say, quote unquote, toxic um, environments when it comes to social media, because no one really knows each other outside of meeting each other on Twitter most of the time. Sure. Ver- versus like Facebook where, you know most of the people, so you're not going to be quite as mean or, or whatever. But I've noticed within the Braves Twitter community that for the most part, most people come together and and they just enjoy each other's conversations. And I feel like, you know, there's always a handful of people that just want to be mean. But as far as Braves Twitter goes, I, I feel like it's the opposite from normal Twitter, whereas we're really a Braves family. And, uh, and it's really kind of awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, of course, you know, politics will seep in every now and then, you know, arguments will start and there's always some drama going on. But uh, I mean, there's a there's definitely a divide between the casual fan, you know, just the everyday fan that, you know, no matter what Snicker does, no matter how many times Mark Hickus bats fifth or, or what have you, you know, they're always going to be fans. And then you've got, you know, the the bloggers who are extreme on it. Um, you know, I, I have my own podcast. I love to to do that. Uh, but you've got some that are far more, uh, you know, knowledgeable and advanced, you know, sabermetrics and uh, analytics that, you know, are far more smarter than I. But uh, there's a little bit of a divide there. But all in all, you know, there's some great people. And I've been able to make some good friendships along the way. Yeah, that's awesome. So can you tell us about when you fell in love with the Braves and why the Braves? Yeah, um, you know, growing up, I, I watched games. I'm, I grew up in East Tennessee, so, um, you know, Tennessee doesn't have uh, an MLB team. Hopefully we will in the next year or two. Uh, they're really pushing to bring one to Nashville, which is really cool. Um, but I, I always just watched Braves games with my family. I mean, uh, I remember going to Turner Field at a young age. Um, you know, I really fell in love with them probably around, you know, when Rafael Furcal was playing. Um, obviously Chipper, um, those were some of my great, my favorite players growing up. Um, you know, I, I really liked Chris Medlin in the later years, uh, was a huge Julio Tehran fan, um, for a while. Uh, you know, there's just been some really awesome players, um, that have come up in our organization and, and, uh, you know, it really feels, you know, kind of like Twitter. We feel, you know, as Braves fans, it's one of the things we, we, uh, you know, we're kind of a family around our, tw- we love our players, right? You know, right. Yeah. We, we, we defend them to the death, no matter how, how many pass balls they have. <laughs> I feel like you uh, have a certain particular catcher you have in mind when you said that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, yeah, um, I defend him too. Best but I mean, but I mean, but I mean, right. It, it doesn't really matter how, how, you know, many strikeouts Acuna has like, 
we'll we'll argue him being the greatest thing since Mike Trout to the death. Like he's right. our boy. Right. Um, yeah. So I love that about our fan base. We're definitely loyal, but we also, you know, tend to, you know, there's there's different types of us. I guess I'll say yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> there's definitely different levels of of uh, fandom. I guess you could say not that one's better than the other. There's just different tiers. I guess you could say. Yeah. So do you have any particular moment from the from Braves history that sticks out in your mind as one of your favorites? I know it's kind of a broad question, but um, anything that sticks out? Um, yeah, you know, I was at the game when Nukem almost threw a no-hitter. Um, I remember watching the for call unassisted triple play live. Uh, that was a moment that, you know, will always kind of be, uh, you know, in my brain. Um, Definitely the Acuna. I mean, regardless of what it meant for the series, the Acuna Grand Slam against the Dodgers in the was it the 2018 NLDS. I mean, that right. was just I've never been a part of anything more electric. Like that moment was just, you know, it kind of at that moment in my mind, the next generation of Braves baseball, you know, was birthed in that in that exact at bat. That moment, it's like, you know what, for the next 10 years, we're going to you know 12 years whatever it's it's going to be a different uh different dynamic in in Braves baseball and we're we're definitely starting to see that as more of the young kids come up and um you know the little Ozhanyo Albies you know it comes up now he's Ozzy Albies and he's one of the best you know most dynamic second place second baseman in the in the league you know you see and you see guys like that that were you know a couple years ago in single and double a and now they're establishing themselves as some of the best you know, most entertaining players in in the league, um, you know, Freddie Freeman being one of them. I mean, gosh, what can you say about the guy um, that hasn't already been said? I mean, he's, he's absolutely one of the, one of the best players in, in the game. Um, and it's, it's really awesome to be able to, to say that he's our player, you know, um, I feel like kind of the Yankees for, for the history of baseball, you know, they always have the best players, Dodgers, they always have the best players, but I feel like we've really got, uh, got a shot to to for a few years be competitive uh, for the next few years be really competitive in the league so we're definitely starting to see some things come together for the Braves and I think it's exciting to watch I definitely agree and I I really like what you said about how that Grand Slam versus the Dodgers was kind of like a rebirth of the new generation of, of Braves that was really deep um, that was really good um, so in your opinion, how do you feel uh, about management and how they've handled the roster this year? It's been a really strange year with injuries. How do you feel about it? Yeah, so luckily, you know, we're having to dip into the to the uh, the roster a little bit. I mean, nobody knows going into the season what's going to happen. You assume, you know, we assume that we'd have Soroka and have him, you know, 10, 12 starts, whatever. And, you know, you just don't foresee that. But that's why you don't, you know, empty out the – the pitchers at last year's deadline or, or, or this year's deadline, you know, you want to hang on to some good ones and, you know, it's arguable. Maybe we could have gone after, um, you know, some start top starting pitchers and gotten rid of Kyle Moeller, Tucker Davidson, Ian Anderson. Gosh, can you imagine though, in retrospect, if we would have gotten rid of Ian Anderson to go from, you know, we knew the guy was good, but I mean, now it's like, maybe he's going to be, you know, the Greg Maddox of the future. Like we don't know. Um, at this point but I just uh, I scratch my head going you know it's a great move to invest and eventually you need to sell part of the farm to to you know remain 
competitive in your division, especially nowadays. But I mean, it, there's definitely been some tough decisions made, and I'm certainly glad I didn't have to make them. I would, I would not uh, want to have Alex Anthopoulos's job for anything in the world. But <laughs> definitely some questionable decisions along the way. But all in all, um, you know, the the GM role has has been as solid as it's been, and in, in you know, as long as I've been a fan, I'm, I'm a huge supporter of AA. Um, but to your point about manager decisions, I mean, obviously there's some opportunities for Snicker, but at the end of the day, I mean, we have really solid relievers, right? I mean, we've got a solid bullpen, we've got a solid pitching, you know, pitchers out there and, and whether he makes the right call for the right guy, I think if you step back for a second, he's make he's putting a guy that has shown like Josh Tomlin, like there's, there was no reason why we couldn't, you know, why we wouldn't expect him to do well. He's been solid for us in the, in the, you know, last season, he ate up a ton of innings, you know, when someone came in and, you know, like Max Fried had a blister or, or whatever, you know, whenever a shorter would, or a starter would go short, you know, you can always rely on that guy. So why wouldn't we give Josh Tomlin a chance? Now in retrospect, it might, it might not have been, you know, what we wanted it to be. He got hit, hit up and dinged up a lot, but you know, from a management standpoint, you give a guy a shot, you put him out there, and you just hope for the best. I mean, you know, so I, I'm a little hesitant to dog snicker. Um, I don't know m- much about what goes on in, in the midweek with Kranitz and what, what they're discussing during the day. All I've heard is, you know, the guys love Kranitz. The guys love Snit, obviously. Um, but I'm, I'm less skeptical or less he- or more hesitant to, uh, uh, you know, be critical about you know, managers, because we really don't know what's going on day in and day out. But I will say at the end of the day, I think we have a really good roster. I think we have a chance to be, uh, to be competitive. And we are obviously, you know, we're our magic numbers around nine or 10 games and we're, we're right at the end of the season here. Um, you know, and I didn't think we would be as competitive against some of the teams that we've been competitive against, but, uh, you know, all in all, I think our managers, our GM, we've, put together you know a scrappy little team this year in spite of some really tough circumstances that otherwise if we didn't have that depth like I talked about earlier you know we wouldn't have been able to make it so um and who who knows what happens I mean we there's still a season to be played there's still a postseason to be played but I feel like we've got a scrappy group of kids that can get it done um so we will uh we'll see how the how the dice falls but I think we're well positioned I definitely I agree with that, and to your point about uh, scrapping guys together, to me that to have all these experts and and uh, writers and stuff making the statement, how are the Braves still in first place? But they're still in first place. To right. me, that tells me, well, if anything, that means that management is doing a good job, yeah. because if you're not supposed to be in first place with all these injuries, but you are. That's management. Right. You know? Absolutely. You what you have and you make the most of it. Now, yeah. they're not perfect, obviously. They they're everyone makes mistakes. Could Snicker make better decisions? Yes, but he could definitely make worse ones. Um, if you were the manager, how would you handle the rotation? Would you uh I know we got some guys coming back like Cole Hamels and Max Reed, but to finish out the season, uh this might be answered in a few weeks, obviously, maybe before this airs, but would you bring someone up from the training site like Bolte? Would you bring up someone from the minors like maybe Tucker Davidson since it's near the end of the year? Or would you have some other option? 
you know, obviously, you know, Fulte's been, his, his situation has been disappointing for, for most of us. I mean, you know, to see, uh, to, was it 2018? He was an all-star pitcher. I mean, to see that. And then, uh, you know, but last year he got sent down, worked on some stuff, came back and was absolutely dominant in September, you know, pitched the game of his life, game two of the NLDS, um, you know, game five is just kind of an anomaly. That's just baseball. Um, you know, I don't know what happened there. I don't agree necessarily with the decision to go back to Fulte there. Um, you know, I definitely would have liked to have seen Soroka get two starts there. But again, you know, if he pitched great game two, you would, you know, it's one of those decisions like, you know, you, you gave the guy a shot. Maybe, maybe it was the right decision. Maybe it wasn't, but either way. Um, but yeah, I think, I think being able to see him go down last year, come back, be as dominant as he as he has, you know, there was some, uh, you know, some talk about, you know, his health isn't really in good shape. You know, he didn't handle the, the pandemic well. And, you know, and those guys didn't, they basically had to, you know, beg and plead with schools and different, you know, communities to be able to use fields to have facilities to do it because most of the MLB stuff was closed. So, you know, for some, some players have done really, really well. Some players didn't really have much to, uh, to keep them, you know, training and stuff like that in the, in the uh, shutdown, but um, you know, and not making excuses by any means, but uh, I think you give a shot to faulty. I think there's a window closing. I honestly think if we don't see him next week, um, you know, he is eligible to be on the postseason roster. Um, but I think you may see him probably a, if he doesn't get a start between now and the end of the season, he may be on a taxi squad um, just in case that there's, you know, a, an injury between now and then, um, you know, it would be a tough call to, to give him a start. You know, the first round is three games, um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens, but I think you give him a start. Uh, I'm a little surprised that we haven't gone to a Kyle Moeller or a Tucker Davidson to give them at least, uh, you know, 40 to 50 pitch starter role, you know, um, and honestly, I, I I would if it were up to me, and I don't know if this is the right decision because I'm I'm not a genius by any means, but we've got five or six guys that at any given moment can go, you know, two three solid innings. Like, why would we not use some of those elite relievers that we have and just kind of piece together a start? Um, but I don't know. Uh, I I definitely, if it were me, I would have liked to have seen some of the younger arms come up, but I can't. Uh, can't fault Snit. I can't fault AA for, you know, leaning on the, you know, Kyle Wrights and the, you know, Josh Tomlins and whomever else has started, you know, Robbie Erlin and uh, who's the other one, Tommy Malone, you know, those, those haven't seemed to pan out, but um, you know, one or two starts doesn't really say much, uh, but it, but it's a short season. So you, you do, you know, again, you look at the analytics, you make a decision and you hope for the best, but it just hadn't panned out on our, you know, so quote unquote band-aids for replacing Soroka and, and Fulte. Um, so, but, uh, you know, I feel confident going in with Max Freed, Ian Anderson, and whomever the third person is going to be is, is kind of who knows, but, uh, but yeah. So that leads segues into a, my next question was, are you a fan of sabermetrics or are you more on the old school style baseball? Yeah. I'm, and I'm, I'm doing some homework 
you know, even, even now I'm reading some, reading up on sabermetrics, reading up on advanced analytics. It's honestly, you know, up until a few years ago, I was, I was as casual of a fan as, as the next guy. Um, but it's really interesting as, as you dive in and, and really, really look at some of the, uh, some of the st- statistics that are out there uh, that paint a, a more, you know, detailed picture of what a player really is. I mean, you know, far, far gone are the days where you can just look at a batting average and, you know, and, and basically evaluate a, a guy's at bat. There's so many different, you know, things that go into a player's performance and how you pick and choose that, you know, some people are for it. You know, I think it's, I think it's the future. As far as, you know, advanced metrics go, I don't really have any kind of, I'm not committed to one or the other, but, uh, but yeah, I, I'm definitely learning more about it. I'm not a professional by any means, but there are, uh, there are far more, educated people on on those topics awesome i'm i'm a fan <laughs> but uh yeah it's interesting talking to people about you know there there seems to be a stark people either love them or hate them um but i think people are more coming around to them realizing that it's more so for predicting the future rather than uh anything else and and more information is good information as far as trying to help your team win. And we're seeing teams like the Astros, uh, you know, minus their trash can, uh, using them and getting better and, and stuff like that. But there's, we're still learning, and, and managers are still learning how to use them and how to, how to utilize analytical departments and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's the key, too, is you've got, you know, the old guard is, you know, the older managers and the older baseball operations guys are weeding out and the younger guys are coming in. Um, you know, and I think in the next 10 years that looking at a guy's batting average and determining whether to make a trade on him or not is going to be out the window. Like, you know, um, and I think it's already, you know, mostly there, but I, I think, you know, it's a, it's a generational thing, but in the next few years, you're going to see an influx of front offices um, using sabermetrics and advanced analytics for, you know, evaluating players moving forward. Tell us about, um, for people that are aspiring Braves Twitter influencers to use the cliche term, uh, do you have any advice on how to, you know, get into the Braves Twitter community and kind of build your your friendship or followership or whatever to. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, and there's some guys on here that treat it like, you know, they're growing a brand. Like I said, honestly, for me, it's just kind of an escape all, um, you know, you and I work countless hours during the week. It's honestly kind of, kind of nice to escape and just talk baseball. Um, but you know, honestly, I don't treat it like it, like I'm an influencer. I don't feel like an influencer. I do feel fortunate to, to have followers, um, although a majority of them are anonymous accounts who still have Tiger Woods memes as their profile pictures. Um, <laughs> that, that's it for, for me. That's step one. Um, you know, I, I think now that I've kind of established myself and met most of, you know, the, the core group of, of Braves Twitter, you know, I, I tend to appreciate more of the accounts that are real rather than, you know, um, Melanson's dirty rubber or, uh, uh, Faulty's left arm or, you know, those, those accounts were funny two or three years ago when we were, you know, on the, on the end of the rebuild, but now it's like, okay, let's, let's just, you know, we don't need those to get by anymore. Um, so, you know, fake accounts for me or, you know, and I know I get the, 
the uh, reputation of being Mr. Burner while I only have like two or three accounts, but um, I don't have 40 accounts just right. for the record. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think, you know, joining Braves Twitter, you know, be yourself, be, put your face out there. Um, you know, if you're new, if you're listening to this and you're kind of an outsider, you know, connect with me. I'd love to meet you. Uh, I, I love the, uh, the, the uh, plans people are talking about, you know, getting together, you know, when the season opens next year, uh, my wife and I love to go, you know, even though we live in Nashville, we still, uh, you know, we have a weekend plan um, with season tickets and we, we go down on the weekends and uh, we love to meet up with friends, love to uh, uh, tailgate, you know, that's some stuff that we're going to do next year. Um, there's going to be some, I've actually been in conversation with the uh, Braves social media team. We want to have a social media night. Um, so it would be an opportunity where we could, you know, there may be a DJ out there. We'd rent a space out. There would be, you know, uh, you know, appetizers and stuff, you know, giveaways, trivia games and stuff like that. Just a cool way to connect everybody together. But, um, you know, so be on the lookout for that as, you know, towards the, towards opening day next year. But, um, but yeah, uh, and, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm not a professional in growing a brand or social media marketing, but um, I, I do treat it more as, you know, getting to know people and making friends. And I think the best way to do that is just being authentic and being yourself. That's awesome. That was really deep in a good way. <laughs> and uh, I, that's really cool that you've been in contact with the social media Braves team. That's something that I hope everyone uh, that's listening to this will check out in the future. I think that's really awesome. Yeah, so I think it's it's important too to realize like they they love what we do. I mean, obviously we got some knuckleheads. Uh, I'm one of them. You know, they probably hate that I comment on every single post. But uh, again, it's fun for me. But uh, you know, I my conversations with them are, you know, DMs with, with just whomever runs the account. And, uh, you know, I just reached out and I was like, last year, I was like, man, it would be awesome if we could, you know, just have a night where everybody comes together. Uh, but in talking with them, you know, they, they feel like we're some of the most energetic fans and, and that's true. So uh, they appreciate what we do, even though most of it's foolishness, but uh, they actually do love all of the, all the Braves Twitter followers, no matter how ridiculous we can be at times. <laughs> So tell us about what you have going on. Tell us about uh, hidden hitting dingers, uh, where we can find it, what should, what we should expect with this this show, and yeah, yeah. So this this year is kind of uh, kind of ramping up. Obviously, it's a sixty game season. We got a late start this year, um, but uh, it's it's myself, uh, Trace, Wynn, uh, Neil Shalat, and Andy Sims, um, mostly Chattanooga. Cleveland region guys, uh, but still in Braves country. But uh, Trace uh, founded a company called uh, Chat 10 Sports. They do, you know, Titans football, they do uh, soccer, they do hockey, they do just about everything. So Hidden Dingers is their Braves baseball uh, brand for um, for for Chat 10 Sports. Uh, they, they've actually been around for a little while. Um, they just haven't really had anyone to really pick up the mantle on the on the brave side. So um, a couple of months ago, I reached out to to Trace, who who does a Vols Tennessee Vols podcast with one of my friends, and we were just kind of talking back and forth about how you know we wanted to kind of grow that brave side. So um, obviously, we were already in the season, but uh, and we've only done four or five episodes at this point. Um, but you know, we just wanted to kind of 
you know, test the waters and um, none of us are professionals by any means. None of us are, you know, if you're looking for analytics, like there's so many other good broad podcasts out there. And, um, you know, I often ask myself, like, what is it about this that tells us that we, we should add our voice to the mix of, you know, the 35,000 Braves podcasts are out there. And honestly, it's just because we have a good time, you know, it, again, it's uh, a busy work week. So it's nice to have that half hour, hour, you know, just talking with your friends about the Braves. And, um, you know, like I said, it's a saturated market, but uh, again, maybe there's something that we discuss, something that we, uh, or a way that we do things that, uh, that might entertain some folks. But uh, for the most part, we just do it for us because it's fun and we enjoy, you know, we love the Braves and love talking about them. But uh, you can follow us at, at uh, Chat Ten Sports on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Uh, if you're in the Chattanooga area, they have watch parties all the time. Um, have different events. There's going to be giveaways. Um, they'll do. We'll relaunch a fantasy baseball league that people can buy into and win some money. Um, but there's there's a lot of cool opportunities with us. And again, we're we're kind of at the genesis of our our trek here, but. Uh, you know, we're looking to grow and expand and maybe do some live shows on, on site um, at the battery during games and stuff like that. So uh, definitely follow me, follow, follow the guys and follow chat 10 sports on Twitter to keep up with all of the uh, events coming up. And that's chat 10 as in T E N N, right? Yep. Yeah. Awesome. 10 T T E N N. Right. Awesome. And for your Twitter handle at chop on Corey with an yep. E. It's a C-H-O-P-O-N-C-O-R-E-Y. Awesome. So uh, thanks so much, Corey. This has been absolutely amazing. Uh, I look forward to all the solid content you bring to Twitter and hitting dingers in the future. It's an honor that you took time out of your day to talk with me. I really appreciate it. Um, some really good stuff. Uh, I'm sure the listeners are really going to enjoy this. Um, and I hope that they they take this and and learn something from it and start listening to your podcast too because it's solid and that they'll follow you on Twitter and get some good um, Twitter content as always. So again, thanks so much. This has been a blast. Yeah, thanks, Sam. I appreciate you having me on. I'd love to come back soon. Thank you so much, Corey, for joining the show. Everybody, make sure you check him out on Twitter at Chop on Corey and also check out his podcast. It's a really fun podcast. I enjoy listening it to myself, and I fully endorse it. So please go check out that podcast as well. Good news, the Braves just won as I was recording this. I had to fit in editing uh, right around the end of the game because I did not anticipate the game lasting that long, but we won. It's awesome. So don't forget to check out the show at Braves Dugout Pod on Twitter and all the other socials, Atlanta Braves Dugout Facebook group, Braves Dugout Facebook page, and you can email the show at bravesdugout at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a five-star review. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I'll see you next week when I'm talking to special guest, co-host of the Coach's Daughter Show on ESPN Panama City, Old School.